Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Like button, subscribe button, you know the deal. Always appreciate when you tune in. And you can find us on YouTube as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated. Also, you can read my work on ESPN.com. And I have a story up now that I wrote with Jeremy Fowler about what went wrong with the commanders this season, taking a look at the trade, Eric Bieniemy, Jack Del Rio, that the way that the firing was handled, et cetera. All that stuff is in there. And so I'm going to have Jeremy on in a minute so we can discuss what we learned from the reporting. To be honest, a lot of it for me, you know, and Jeremy, once you start getting into it, you, I don't think there was a ton of surprises that we learned. We knew that there would have been unrest in some areas, especially with some of the players in Bieniemy. But we get into all that. And I don't think it's as simple as, oh, they're all right and this side is all wrong. I don't think there's ever, I think when you come to the NFL, it's it's rarely just a black and white issue as far as, you know, there's always gray matter in there. And I think in this situation, you can say like, well, yes, they're upset with this. But you look at the other side and say, yeah, but. So I think there's a lot of stuff that we get into. Do me a favor, you go give that story a read. It's on ESPN.com. It was it ran Wednesday, so you're probably hearing this Thursday morning. So go give that a read and then listen to the conversation. And we go over a lot of stuff. I also talked to Jeremy, who is a national reporter for ESPN, of course, about some of the coaching names that we can expect to hear in the offseason, some of the GM candidates you might expect to hear, not just here, but for all over. And so some of the names he's going to bring up may not pertain to here, but they are going to be guys that are discussed in openings around the NFL. So I wanted to give you some of that as well. And then the national perspective on what's going on here. I always like a national set of eyes on this franchise to help you learn what outsiders think, maybe about the roster, about the coaching situation. How does this coaching situation compare to others that will probably be open in the off season? So all that stuff with Jeremy, go give that story a read. Thank you for tuning in. Now, here's my conversation with ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs Holiday Sale is here. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates, season passes, axe throwing packages, and more. Our families have enough stuff. This year, give the gift of experience and adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, there is something for everyone. Visited already this year? The courses evolve with the trees around them so each experience has something new to offer. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. This is their biggest sale of the year and purchases never expire. While the sale runs until Christmas Day, the earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The perfect gift for families, coworkers, and friends alike is waiting for you at www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. That's www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. And that's K-E-I-M. Well, Jeremy, it's it's never dull around here with this franchise. And I'm curious, you know, obviously we've been working on this for a little while and yeah. talking to people throughout. And for me, you know, you hear things throughout this process. But I'm curious from your perspective, 
what kind of things either jumped out to you or that you that you found most intriguing or interesting about what you learned throughout this reporting process? Well, I, I would say just the um, the different personalities in the building and and just the the different perspectives that everybody came from. You know, you have a head coach who's kind of trying to keep it all together, whose message is is running a little hollow, probably. Yeah, uh, we had some examples of that, and um, you know, this is a this is a head coach that that is, I, I guess you could say, a delegator. You know, which which can be a successful formula that's worked for him in the past. Um, but you know, between Scott Turner and then now Jack Del Rio fired, and then you bring in a new offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy, there's a uh, a lot of um you know, that plan is maybe uncertain because of you've delegated or deferred and then like, okay, well, you know, how, how much ownership did you take at the end um, to try to get it right? Which, you know, like the, the enemy decision was a big one. That that's that in itself is just the big bet on the enemy is fascinating and all the layers that come with that, you know, an accomplished coordinator who comes in um, probably with something to prove and uh, you know, was given license to make changes and made them. And, you know, the, the, uh, some of which was, was probably a shock to some players that were used to a certain way. So, and then you have the kind of the Del Rio piece of just this awkward firing, um, and just curious, curiously, uh, fell apart defensively this year. And then you have an owner who's trying to absorb all this and figure it all out on the fly. And he just started on the job, you know, five months ago. So just, I, I think to me, just the different character, the cast of characters in different perspectives was probably, uh, most opening. And I think obviously Biennemi gets a lot of the headlines by people because of everything that surrounded him over the last few years. And he was also the big bet in the off season. Yeah. You know, you, when did you start hearing some issues? And like, I'll just say this, like I know during the summer you'd hear from some guys who would say, well, you know, it's going like this now, but if they don't win, it's going to be trouble. And yeah. because of the the work they were putting in and the way it was going, it just the whole package. But when did you start to hear some things that it like it wasn't really going all that well overall? Mm, I would say probably like, you know, week six or so, um, even though they were still in the mix at that point, you know, you're just wondering how long they could survive. Um, and then. I know I was there in Washington and uh, came to visit the team because I was I was in town covering a Baltimore Ravens game and, and popped over there. And, and that was right before the Giants game. And you could tell that they just even talking to players, you could tell like th that second Giants game, that is yeah. the one they lost again, that they were. This was the last push and they knew it. And but there, you didn't necessarily sense a lot of confidence as to how they could get that done. Right. And they knew they had to win games before the bye week or else they were out of it. And then it just. So, you know, you sense a little, nobody would say it, but you probably sense a little bit of resignation of like, okay, we're still trying to figure this out and it might be too late. Definitely. So, and, yeah. Yeah. So I would say like probably somewhere between weeks, you know, four and eight, I guess. And, you know, obviously with, with the enemy, I mean, we, again, you know, the reputation of him from beforehand, was there any surprise to you how it's unfolded here with him? Hmm. I don't know if surprise is the right word, you know, he, cause you know, and I covered Eric Bieniemy at uh, Minnesota with the Vikings, but when I used to cover that team back in 2010, 2011, and you know, he's, he's, he's um, unapologetically himself, right. He's going to be an intense coach. You know, he's going to get on guys and um, you know, he's going to work really hard and try to set a tone. And, you know, in Kansas city, 
they, or at least my sense, talking to people there, they needed that a little bit. You know, you had Andy Reid, and then you had everybody had their role, and, and Eric Bieniemy played his role for Andy, and you know was tough on guys when needed to be, and, and it worked for them. You know, and I think some of those star players probably needed that. Where, uh, you know, coming into a new system with 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 younger players and a younger offensive line, and they're trying to get their bearings. It was just it was an interesting dynamic. It it's not right or wrong. It's just. Um, uh, you know, he came in with with his plan. You got to, you know, you give him credit that he's uh, he came in with conviction and did everything that he wanted to do. Um, and, you know, Sam Howell certainly got better and there were some improvements. The offense has been better overall, uh, but it's just, you know, it was also an adjustment. And, um, you know, it's just been interesting to to see it all unfold. It, it has been. And I know like just from talking to guys and I'm sure from you talking to guys, like there's a mix here of the way they were being pushed Versus yeah. maybe not seeing it and they did improve, but I think they were hoping for more at this point in the year and just, you know, with, yeah. with some of the production. So do you, how do you parcel out like from your perspective, maybe where some of the issues or the um, I guess the issues where they lie, like, how do you parcel that out? Like uh, with the overall as far team? as like, is it, is it, you know, how much of it is, you know, being pushed to a certain level and how much of it is pushed plus not producing. And maybe it's all of it. You mean on offense or just overall on offense? So, well, I, you know, there's an argument that maybe they got worn out a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, with just yeah. the, the pace and the longer meetings and longer hours and, you know, coaches are working late and, um, but, but on some end, it's like they needed that cultural change a little bit, right. you know, they gotten soft. Um, I hate to use that word, but just, you know, did they, did Washington have the hard edge and discipline needed to win? And I think that's in part why Bietany was brought in um, and he delivered that, you know, but it's also, it's, you know, the NFL's tricky where, you know, it's, there's, there's more, you know, about that. We know more about science and resting players and, and kind of what they need um, to get through a long season and to keep everybody fresh, you know? So I think there was a, a balance that they've, been probably been trying to find behind the scenes. Um, it hasn't always been easy, but you know, it's it, look, it's, they, they, they overhaul the system. It's a lot of throwing, you know, they, they use uh, certain pass plays as, as what you would call an extension of the running game. And uh, you know, that, that takes time, right? Like that's, that's a different process with a young quarterback and an offensive line. It's not very good. And right. so I think when you consider that, they probably, and considering the commitment to passing the ball as much as they did, they probably did about as good as you could have, maybe, you know, like that you could always second guess whether Terry McLaurin should get the ball more or things like that. But, uh, you know, Sam Howell, for the most part, has been trending upward and that, that's been a positive. And it has been. I do. I also think, you know, it's funny because you talk to some people and we had it in there and it's like, you know, you bring an offense where you're going to throw a lot, but behind a line that they didn't feel was built to yeah. protect a guy that throws a lot. So there was kind of a, an odd mix. And someone even said, you know, right. he's gonna have to realize that he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes here. And so I think yeah. that, but that was, that played into it. And I think the last few games, I think there's been an acknowledgement more of that. Um, with it. Right. But now, but now it's like, it's, it's too late because the defense right. is far gone. The right? defense like, is cratered. They're not coming back. So it's like, whatever changes you make is almost too late. And, and there was a sentiment of like, some people we talked to the thought Ron, you know, should have stepped in maybe see like, Hey, right. we need to protect Sam a little right. bit. Right. Right. Absolutely. With, with balance, you know? And, and the whole funny thing about this is we talked a, few, a while ago, like if, if the defense had been better, 
story's not coming out now because they're in a better spot. No. You know, and I think that, so. And, yeah, I think so. I think they ran out of gas. It's this is a team that was on the brink already, and it was a delicate year, you know, and and for whatever reason, the defense wasn't uh, wasn't as good and doesn't I mean doesn't look overly talented right now. I know they lost two good players in Montez Sweat and Chase Young, but they didn't look overly explosive before then. Um, so it's you know they they it, it was kind of a just um, plethora of issues whether it's you know they get out efforted one game or you know they're not disciplined the next like they just kind of just sloppy football at least on that side of the ball how surprised are you just again from an outsider's perspective at what's happened just on the field with them based on like you know you know the game but you also talk to a lot of people outside of here so like you're talking about the product overall just the product overall yeah the fact that they're four and nine and you know like and that they're on the verge of going to just clean house. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's a, when you really look at the big picture though, I can't say it's overly shocking in that some of the draft picks haven't worked. There, there just hasn't been a lot of cohesion with what they've been doing. And it's like the games they won, um, you know, you, you're kind of like, they just, sometimes you can catch a little bit of a rhythm and you got a guy like Taylor, Taylor Heineke, who's comes in and will just take any circumstance, like, you know, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to go out and do it and get it done. And then he, I think that his energy was contagious a little bit and they played up probably better than they were. Um, and so it's, it's still, for me, it's still surprising they won the games they did. I, I didn't, aside from the defensive line, I just didn't see a team that was overly loaded with talent. Um, so I, they kind of are what they are at this point when you look at the roster, you know, like if you right. look at blue chip players at every position, uh, there aren't a ton of them, you know. So that's just something they'll have to shore up. And I think they are trying to by getting more draft picks by trading the players that they did at the deadline just to reset it. Right now you got five picks in the top. 100 or whatever it is you got cap space you can redo it you know i mean you had a head coach who had the final say on personnel and you know so like i don't know it just they're they're how much uh influence did he have on the draft picks or who's really making them like they're just some of those questions come up that, that you wonder just about the roster overall and you know it's it's because we both talked to people who maybe feel like just hey changes not just you know warranted but probably needed yeah i think so i mean it really you know people we talk to for the story kind of acknowledge that that it's probably needed for new direction across the board right like they need um you know systematic sustainable leadership um with a new plan you know and so I, I think you're going to see a guy like josh harris lean on his past experiences you know with owning the 76ers and uh, the New Jersey Devils of like you kind of have a mix of analytical slant with uh, on-field acumen, right? And just battle-tested personnel people that have played or know the game, and and you balance that with um, somebody who can manage everything w- with an analytical spirit. So I, I think that's probably what you'll see is a little bit of that balance. I'm curious too what you thought. Like I've dealt in the Harris business for a lot of months now and gotten yeah. to know who he is and what he's about. I'm curious yeah. what you learned just from the reporting about this, because we had the examples of the trade and then also the firing of Del Rio. Yeah. I I think we learned that this is somebody who's pretty patient 
it seems like he's not rolling in trying to, uh, you know, demand changes. And it, it seems like, at least with the Jack Del Rio firing, that he'll take a recommendation and then he'll push back as to why you want to follow through that recommendation and he'll let you do it. Or in the case of the trade deadline, he'll nudge a little bit. You know, maybe it's not an edict, but a suggestion. Um, but like, hey, we need to get value for these players. So, you know, I, I think he's a, a cooler head that prevails a little bit. You know, I think, which is which is a good thing. I think they is probably the antithesis of what they had before. Um, More than probably. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you look at cases like in Carolina, what we're seeing with them firing coaches and David Tepper, it's, that's clearly a case where the owner's meddling a lot and around all the time. And this is different. This is a guy who has multiple businesses, uh, multiple teams he owns. He's running around. He's in Miami, New York, Philadelphia. So, um, you know, they're, they're not, I'm guessing he's not going to be there every day. He'll, right. he'll be popping in and out. Um, you know, so I, 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 sensed a guy who's patient and uh, pretty calculated, you know, like he, he's going to lean toward just like the smart methodical model, which is probably what they need. A absolutely. So how do you view again, like Ron Rivera still has a job, but it's four and nine, you know, again, th there's an inevitability to this and be, you know, both you and I talked people who said yeah. Ron is kind of, he feels resigned, you know, you're, you're resigned to your fate at this point. Yeah. So how would you view this job? compared to what else might is open and might come open. So I'm trying to compare to the other jobs. So you have Vegas, you have Carolina, presumably you have Washington. Uh, you know, you have jobs like the bears or the chargers that could open and then you're going to have some wild cards. Right. So out of those five, I just mentioned the one with the best quarterback situation is, is undoubtedly uh, the chargers. Right. Um, but you know, that's a, even though they're in LA, that's still considered sort of a smaller market team in a way. Um, I, I, Washington ranks pretty high. I don't know if I'd put them first in that group, but definitely above Carolina. Definitely above, I mean, I'd probably put them above Chicago. They've at least been more competitive. Um, you know, right now you're going to be picking fourth in the draft, right? Yeah, right now fourth. And that plus four other picks in the top 100, you got a ton yeah. of cap space, you got an owner that's going to be committed. Um, but not meddling is my sense. Right. That's a good formula. Like it's going to be a pretty coveted job. I think, I don't know about number one, but it's going to be high. And and I, I would agree with that just for the reason you said. And I think just having Josh Harris here, and this is why for me, when, when he talked, when people would talk about like, just fire Ron already, whether it was a few weeks ago, whatever. And why wouldn't he, to me, it's because he was telling people I'm going to give him the year. And I think by, yeah holding true to his word, I think that all that too, in addition to all that, you know that you have an owner that's going to stay true to what he tells you. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, the owner figures like, what am I, you know, what are we really going to gain by firing right. around four games left, you know? Right. Um, and this is an accomplished uh, figure, you know, this is, this is a guy who's won games. It's not, you know, a fill-in interim type coach or a first-time young coordinator who got a head coaching job. You know, he's been around. So um, I, I do think Josh Harris wanted to show him respect. I think he has a good relationship with Ron. I don't yeah. I don't think they have any issues in that regard as far as right. like their communication on a professional level. So, you know, it's just like, let's ride this out. You know, that's why I just said, hey, let's, you know, there's a disappointing season. He sent that statement out, you know, that didn't say a whole lot, right. but it at least alluded to the fact that like, hey, I'm just trying to get to the year like you are, you know, um, and, and they'll go from there. 
Yeah, and I think then we'll see him put his full stamp on this franchise. What do you think um, Biennemi's future will be or is? Mm, that's a good question because it's that's that's hard. Um, what? Because he's interviewed for what? What is it? Fourteen jobs, yeah. I believe. 14, um, yeah, 14, 14 teams, 15, 15, 15 right. yes, yeah. Obviously well-qualified, um, you know, obviously more pedigree than most any other candidate, but it's clear it hasn't worked out. It's clear that, um, you know, some teams, when they do the research or they interview them, they just aren't ready to do it, to make them a head coach. Um, that's, I don't know how much has changed for better or worse this year, Um other than, you know, he's shown he can design his own offense and, and he can run the show. And, you know, obviously he, he did call plays in Kansas City to an extent, but it was Andy Reid's baby. And so uh, he showed that he can he can run his own deal. And, and really, he was, in a lot of ways, the head coach uh, of Washington. So um, but your, your record is what you are. So if you sit at four and nine, some of that falls on him as well. So um, I don't know that it hurts his campaign. I've talked to a couple of people who still think he'll be in the mix. Maybe the interview cycle, uh, but I, I'd probably be surprised if he got a head coaching job at this at this point, based on all the interviews he's done, which leaves him as a strong coordinator candidate, um, assistant head coach candidate, and, and you know I'm sure he'll uh, fulfill one of those roles somewhere. Um, two more things. Uh, what you, Sam Howell? You brought him up. I'm curious the perception of him, maybe from other. I don't know how many people. How much have you talked to him with other people outside or just yeah. in the league? And what are what is the general thought about him? Well, I think he – I know that, like, coaches I've talked to really, really like his toughness. I mean, the guy's taking a gazillion sacks, and he gets back up. He's not afraid to hang in there and make the throw. Um, you know, one of the comparisons I've gotten is, like, a, a more athletic, stockier Baker Mayfield, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, maybe it's just because they, they kind of have similar builds a little bit, uh, but you get that comparison a little bit of, like, a guy who can really spin it, but – uh, is, is somewhat limited by whether it's the height or, you know, the ability to, to kind of make the off schedule plays you need. So I think right now he's looked at as kind of like a middle tier starter that you can win some games with in 2024. Uh, and he's probably the perfect quarterback for bringing in, you know, a draft pick. If you want to get a number four overall pick, you know, Drake Mays there, one of those guys, I don't know if they will be, but you know, there, there's no, harm and keeping the quarterback you have and still drafting one. Like it's the most important position. Um, why don't you just try to knock it out of the park? And, and especially for a franchise that's <laughs> been searching for one for decades. Um, no. Last thing, some, again, we're, it's a little bit jumping the gun, but again, we, you know, we know where this is going, Yeah. but, but just in general, some of the top coaching candidates that you expect to be named, I mean, obviously Ben Johnson's going to be a name, who are some other guys that you would say to to watch um, going forward? It's, and GMs as well. Yeah. So, well, Jim Harbaugh, I think, is one to watch. I do think he's going to try to get back in the league. I, I don't know that he's the coveted. I mean, he's a big name, but I don't know if he's as coveted by NFL teams as he's maybe made out to be. But I do think there could be a suitor for him, and he's obviously proven. Um, yeah, you mentioned Ben Johnson. Uh, you know, Brian Johnson in Philadelphia, I think, is an intriguing candidate. And, uh, you know, as far as like minority candidates, he's got to be one of the strongest. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, like, look, the young offensive mind, like teams are trying to get in on those guys early if they can. That just sometimes that's the way teams operate, you know, work for the Rams or Sean McVay. Um, see, that's why you could see like Houston's Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator. there, getting some looks, even if it's premature a little bit. I think he'll be in the mix there. 
Um, you know, Miami's Frank Smith. I hear yeah. good things about him. So do I. Um, yeah, Ejero Evero in Carolina. Like, even though it's been a nightmare of a season there, their defense is good, and he's been, you know, he's been in the mix and multiple jobs. I, I do think, you know, defensively he'll be there. Uh, Mike McDonald in Baltimore. Like, it would not shock me if he got one. I think at the very least he'll be a prominent figure in all this. You know, that, that he's a sharp guy and that defense has been really good. Um, but I feel like I'm, you know, well, the, the big one is Bill Belichick, right? I, I do think, <laughs> and I've been talking to other teams about this. Like, is he a, you know, like, is he a buzzworthy hot top candidate on the coaching carousel? It's like a weird thing to say, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you just haven't thought of Belichick as that, but you know, assuming they move on or they part ways somehow, uh, like, is he an Andy Reid type figure from when he went to Philadelphia to Kansas City, had great success? Or is he somebody that maybe teams will be uh, scared away from because of the age and because of his uh, uh, personnel struggles at times, you know, just yeah. with the draft picks and some of the, the acquisitions they've made. So we obviously know he can coach, but I, I do think he'll be uh, on the circuit in some in some capacity. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't think it will be here for whatever that's worth. Yeah, you got Dan Quinn's another name I would throw out there. Because oh, Dan Quinn. Not, yeah, there's yeah. so many. I know. Yeah, yeah Quinn, there's a lot. Sure. There's I, a lot. Right. How, I think I, this is the year for Dan Quinn. I do actually. I, 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 yeah, he's been close on a couple of these, and I, I do think it will happen. And then with GM candidates, are there a couple that you would say? Because obviously Adam Peters is a guy that a lot of people will want, but who are a couple others that you would throw out there now? <laughs> in addition. Yeah, I would say Adam Peters is, I mean, he might be the top candidate, yeah. you know, um, this is a proven guy, you know, they've been great there for a while now. Um, <clears throat> let's see, put me in the spot here. I'm going to have to look. Sorry. At well, there's, there's like Ian Cunningham with Chicago. Ed Dodds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I just, I know. I just, I like to look at the team. So yeah, yeah Ian Cunningham, I mean, he, he was, he pretty much turned down that Arizona job last year. Yeah. A really sharp guy, it, you know, is, has Chicago done enough for them to get looks, but I, I think right. they'll be in the I do, you know, um, Glenn Cook in Cleveland's another uh, young up and coming minority candidate uh, that's really good. And th there are many others I'm sure I'm forgetting, but um, those are a few that come to mind. Yeah, I think like Nolan Teasley is another guy because he's Seattle. It's a good organization and who yeah, knows? And, and I don't know. And it's so early in the process. I just want to, you know, you just like to hear, just start talking about names because it's in a few weeks, yeah. it's going to become even bigger. So anyway, Jeremy, yeah. I appreciate it. And great work on the story. And, and, you know, I'm glad that we got it out there and you can go give it a read on ESPN.com. And there you go. I thought it felt like it was a good, fair look into what's happened to yeah. Washington this season. So no doubt. Appreciate your help on it. That's it for this week. Thanks to Jeremy for tuning in and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Have a good weekend. It's a bye week. I think we all needed it. Talk to you next time.